Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. LaFanya Jones, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapists. What we will be is down to earth, informative, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up the volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 24, the mini me syndrome. (laughs) It's so funny. Before uh, Dr. Jones jumps into our explanation of what the mini me syndrome is, uh, I was doing the mini me from Austin Powers when she, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the doc, Dr. Evil, mm-hmm. that's what his name was, right? Some Mr. Evil. I can't remember oh, what it yeah. was. Uh, I was doing that. And I was like, let's <laughs> 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 talk about how all the zennials will recognize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, but I digress. That's okay. <laughs> we like digressing. Um, okay. So this, session is basically about the expectations of parents and how we live up to the expectations of parents. So basically we all start off living up to the expectations and standards of our parents because, you know, we're children. We don't know better. We don't, you know, raising us. Yes. They're Mm -hmm. raising us. So we are basically helpless and dependent initially on um, our caregivers. Yeah. And, the the issue comes in is that when we get older, we never re-examine those expectations. Mm-hmm. And between that time, we've now started school. So now we have others to influence us like church, mm-hmm. uh, other family members, coaches, teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have it, there, the list goes on and on. We have others to influence us and uh, I guess kind of require us to live up to their expectations as well. Uh, an authority figure. Yeah. And that becomes difficult because now we have all these different expectations that we are trying to live up to. And it's like we're being pulled in many different directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's when you're a child, you don't have, like you said, you don't have any other reference material Mm -hmm. and you don't, you haven't developed the abstract ability to see beyond your parents. You know, your world is created by them it's dictated by them, you know, everything that you learn comes from them. So you want to emulate that. And you don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy. You don't at all. You know, it makes me think about the little kids that, you know, say certain things that their parents have said. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the parents get upset. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Namely cuss words. Yes. And it's like, where'd you hear that? Uh, you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, you know, children, they are just little sponges. So they are going to soak up everything that you put out. That's true. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's (laughs) not so good. Mm -hmm. I think it's also an importance for parents to give their children space to develop and not be so rigid with 
you need to do this and you need to be this person and the way I have dreamed about who you're going to be that's Mm. not going to work out the reality of that is that's your dream (laughs) (laughs) that's not your kid's dream and it's nothing wrong with you having a vision but you have to also have some flexibility of okay well my kid don't like x y and z so i'm not gonna force them into that so if you want your kid to be um somebody who plays sports and they want to be an artist how you gonna force that kid to be a football player when they hate football Mm -hmm. like that's that's what i'm talking about yeah you know the the other thing that i i hear parents say a lot is that you know they don't want their children to fail in school and they're and the reason why i say reason I'm bringing this up is because they don't want them to have the stress of knowing what it feels like to fail, but they want them to have the stress of knowing what it feels like to be pushed into perfection or the attempt Mm because there's no such thing as perfection. So, and I'm, Mm -hmm. as I have a client who, um, she has anxiety and she is now exuding that onto her Mm -hmm. son because he made a C. I said, does a C mean fail nowadays? Because, you know, I, I'm i not in school no more. So I don't okay, know. and I don't have no and children. And I don't have no children. So. And she was like, no. I said, I understand. You may want him to make A's and B's. I get it. I'm not saying that he has to settle for a C. I get it. But you are making him think in order for him not to get punished, fussed at, consequenced, whatever, he has to make either all A's or A's and B's. C's are not acceptable. So he has no room to make a mistake because mm-hmm. he didn't fail. This is a mistake. Mm-hmm. And even if he did fail, I think there there has to come a point where it's like, let me educate my child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't have no kids either, but I have raised several people's kids. But you have to teach them. So if they are failing, help them figure out why they're failing. Is it an attention thing? Is it a learning disability? Is it the The teacher not teaching them nothing? Or the teaching style. Or the teaching style. Or like how, what happened to me, even though I always made straight A's because I'm just a nerd, I couldn't see in the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in the back of the room and I'm over here squinting. But luckily my teacher was like, Nichelle, you okay? Come up to the front. I'll send a note with your mom to, mm-hmm. with you with so that your mama can take you to go get your eyes checked. But there's so many different reasons and allow this to be a teachable moment. So if they play athletics, okay, you already know if you got below a 70, you cannot participate in mm-hmm. a, in your um team sport or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let that be his consequence. That's a consequence. So you got to sit out. Yeah. I'm not fit to save you. I'm not doing any of that, but you then need to teach them. You can't be all, excuse my language. You can't be all pissed off Mm -hmm. because they didn't get what you wanted them to get, but then you don't teach them. These are not adults. These are children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The adult brain does not stop growing until mid twenties. Most of the time. Right. And then the thing is they start trying to live up to that expectation. And then, so they start um, experiencing anxiety. Because mm-hmm. they're trying to be perfect. They're trying not to disappoint you. They're yeah. trying, you know, it's fear it's, of failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High achiever, overachiever. I know I was one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And I was like, Lord, I could lead a, a way less stressful life. Mm-hmm. Yes. You better not bring nothing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. that's just not healthy. And well, I put most of that pressure on myself. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, see, my I, I, I don't think my parents had to put the pressure on me because <laughs> they knew that dancing was my life. Yep. So mm-hmm. if I got anything lower than a B, I wouldn't be able to dance. So and and so actually they let that be my consequence. Oh wow. So I didn't have a choice but to make A's and B's, mm-hmm. all A's, whatever. It couldn't be nothing less than a B because if if I did, I couldn't dance. See, my parents didn't put pressure on me like you need to bring home an A or a B, but there was an expectation that I just knew stuff already. Mm-hmm. you know that um, part that mm-hmm. that was that was the expectation that was placed on and I don't even know if it was an expectation but that was the kind of idea that was placed on me it would be like if somebody didn't know something well go ask Shonda she knows and mm-hmm. I could literally have never heard of this thing before I don't know and mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> but I now have to pretend and fake it like I do know mm-hmm. um so and it, so it wasn't an expectation that you need to or you better bring home certain grades. It was, well, I just you're just smart. So you're just going to bring home good grades. So then that creates an, a different type of internal pressure. Mm-hmm. I can relate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, see, for me, my brother, my older brother was smart. Mm. So he made straight A's. I, you know, was able to go to him because my parents were singers so they traveled a lot gotcha. so I had to like I had to teach myself I had to go to him when my parents were in town or in the country I was able to you know ask them but like it was a lot of stuff I had to teach myself because yeah. they were out of the country mm-hmm. absolutely yeah I mean it's for school that is. yeah 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 and I think that's something that you one of those things you have to unlearn I don't have to have the answer. Like I, there are times where I just say, do I know this? Or am I going to just BS and figure out what it actually is? And then I come off intelligent. Sometimes I'll be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. know. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't care to know. <laughs> and <Yeah>. it's okay. <laughs> I've gotten more comfortable with saying, I don't know as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Now circa me, you know, maybe 15 even maybe 20 years ago no I would have I would have faked it yeah until it I would have been savvy enough to sound like I knew what I was talking about Mm. you know and these is before the days of being able to just google something Mm -hmm. you know this that google you better get that encyclopedia Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Britannica (laughs) yep we had the whole series, the green and white one. We had a the no, ours was one. burgundy. I had, oh, we, had say the burgundy. <laughs> we had the, the burgundy. burgundy and gold. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I think for me, I think I've had to get become more comfortable with not being the smartest person in the room. That part. Mm-hmm. Because why do you gotta be? Why, you know, exactly. you gotta really ask yourself. Yes, I can be ignorant on this. Yes. yes. And I'm okay teach with me. it. I want to be like te- taught. I want to be teached. I want to be taught. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, and I think this kind of goes to, you know, the culture that we do live in as being African-American women, that we can't be caught slipping ever. Right. Oh, um, you don't say it a mouthful right there. I know, y'all. I know. And so... There comes a point in your life, I don't know what it is about your 30s, but it it really be like, 
who are you? Mm -hmm. Figure this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clearly we learn this Mm -hmm. in developmental psychology, Mm -hmm. but when you actually live it, it's something totally different where you just realize, okay, I don't need to know that. Or, okay. If somebody asks a question, you just be like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, my former trainer asked a question on his, um, stories and it's like, well, do y'all believe in X, Y, and Z? And I literally told him, you know, I don't know enough about that to give an answer. I am so okay mm. with that. I yep. am so okay Agreed. with their response. And, and because it, I, it, I used to have a, I guess a complex or something maybe, if I didn't know it. Like yeah. if, I, if I couldn't give an answer, I'm like, man, I feel stupid. Like, I, and we couldn't research it <laughs> through, I was getting ready. To, I was typing my fingers. Like I could Google it and I could get that good there microfiche. Was no Google. Exactly. That microfiche. Microfiche. <laughs> so this was the numbers. days of like, you got to call somebody like daddy. What's, what's mm-hmm. this with mama? What you, you know this? Yeah. yeah. You know? It, and I, I, I think like you said, it, I, it was something in them thirties. I believe there was just like ding, ding, ding. Nope. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being where you're at, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's not really taught. Um, and I don't know if that's because you just kind of get stuck in generation after generation after generation. And there's not really um, learning and knowledge being instilled into the next generation. Or if that's just who who the people are that are teaching you mm-hmm. what well, you can say something Dr. yeah but it, a little bit different though so go ahead well i was gonna say i think that goes back to us not re re-examining those expectations that were placed upon us as mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. now that we have the wherewithal we can re-examine those expectations and be like what i I I can't live up to the expectation of knowing everything no more. I first of all I don't want to. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff on this earth I don't want to know. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could unknow this politician stuff. <laughs> I like how she trailed off on the end there. <laughs> but what I was thinking was, you know, living up to. You know, parents typically want their child to be better than them. Yeah. Yes. You know, so sometimes we as children end up live, trying to live up to that expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's not something that's fully really communicated, but you know, mm-hmm. parents are very, they don't want you to be in the same position as them, especially if they, you know, had you very young or they weren't as financially stable had when, life. you know, if you had a hard life, they really want you to do better. Or if they had to work extremely hard, you know, mm-hmm. very physically demanding jobs or, uh, you know, a host of other things, you know, they want you to be better than them. And that, you know, is a level of expectation that I think parents unintentionally put on their children mm-hmm. because it's for good reason. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, not all um, expectations come from a place of, negativity right you know these are expectations that have a good intention mm-hmm. but can have um a lasting impact, impact. Mm-hmm. yes and create workaholics create anxiety um or on the flip side of that can create a go-getter mm-hmm. and you know it just kind of depends on the personality of your child but even that desire for them to be better is an expectation that your child then tries to live up to yeah and you know I can I can give testament to that because one of the one of the key cheerleaders and I guess pusher of me getting my doctorate degree was my dad, mm. and I don't know if it was 
because I don't I don't see it as an expectation that he had. I would say that he encouraged me to do it because he also gave me room to think about it. Because when he, when I finished my master's program, he was like, OK, so when you going to go back to get your uh, doctorate degree? I said, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. God already told me. I said, well, God need to stop speaking to you because I'm not going. <laughs> Say, speak to me. <laughs> speak, Lord. I know. Speak to me. <laughs> but I, but then he, he let up off of it. And mm. then he waited for me to then come back around mm. to say, okay, I'm going. Mm. So he didn't like pressure me. Yeah, I feel like that's an encouragement. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound like an ex in the traditional like way. What we're t- kind of talking about uh-huh. it doesn't sound like an expectation. The dysfunctional version. Right. right. So that was more of a, that's why I say I can speak Testament to the healthy version yeah. of. Yeah. 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 Cause it's not always coming from this place of like being an overlord and you will do what I say, my little minion, <laughs> you know, it's not always coming, you know, from where that. did you go in your mind? Exactly. Just <laughs> you know, it's not always coming from that. Cause you know, your average parent has good intention for mm-hmm. their child and they want what's best for them in the future. But sometimes you can want more for somebody than they want for themselves or different than what they want. Yeah. That too. And, and I, when I think about that, I think about those children who become doctors because it was, it's expected for them to become a doctor. I was just about to say something about that that because like collectivist society, we have a lot of first generation clients Mm-hmm. whether it's first generation college students whether it's first generation um immigrant mm-hmm. um families things of that nature i personally have a lot of uh first generation literal african american mm-hmm. um clients and when they come in and sit on that couch and they be like my father or my mother said i had to be an engineer mm-hmm. or a doctor or a this I don't like any of that stuff or they um, for y'all that may not know about African culture, like when they get ready to get married, there's a bride price that has to be paid. Mm-hmm. There's a certain protocol. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, it's a very traditional process mm-hmm. that goes about and tr- have y'all tried to counsel a couple through no. one of them things no. and not be actually. disrespectful to their family, but still stand up for themselves. Like it is a lot of familial expectation and tradition forced on people and it's not always healthy for them Mm -hmm. and you have to tread lightly when you're counseling them because you can lose them as a client easily yes Mm -hmm. you really have to ask them what do you want exactly (laughs) it literally has to be them talking their self into their own answer yeah you just have to really guide them yeah i have not counseled anybody Mm -hmm. through that but i do have a client that is um that is african Mm -hmm. um and she did talk about how her transformation was with when they moved here and she got married in like hold on i don't want to follow this yeah this tradition like i don't want to live my life this way Uh, Mm -hmm. because he was of a different nationality he was also not you know um, an american Mm -hmm. but um they were more he was from a, a protectorate a U.S. protectorate. Ah, okay. um, so his, you know, culture was very different from hers. And she mm-hmm. was like, you know, I don't want to go by my own. Um, she described her family as tribal. 
Mm. No, these were her words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, as mm-hmm. very tribal. So she was like, I did not want to kind of fall, follow that. And it caused a lot of problems initially in her relationship with yeah. her partner. Mm-hmm. Um, her relationship with her family kind of had a little bit of a, you know, rift for a while. And now they are, you know, coming back together and things are, you know, mm-hmm. repairing. But yeah, I can definitely hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It, to me in those situations it's so amazing to see a parent who's clearly at grandparent age mm-hmm. treat their clearly adult child like they are still five years old mm-hmm. you know you will not talk to me this way mm-hmm. you will not do this you will not do that and I get the respect mm-hmm. because even though we long ago left the continent mm-hmm. um a lot of them <laughs> beliefs still exist yes <laughs> you they will do. not I'd knock your head off you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. so i get it but at the same time is this about you mm-hmm. or is this about them mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of times those lines are so blurred and enmeshed and intertwined and it's just it's too much and it's unhealthy and a lot of people don't want to hear that you came from them they don't want to hear you telling them mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. what they doing is wrong yeah do you go ahead i'm Mm-mm. sorry no you do you guys think that parental expectations become m- more difficult as the child becomes an adult or do you think that living up to the expectations is harder as a child i would say both can be hard but honestly i think it becomes hard at the points where you are dealing with your identity and who you are. Mm -hmm. And so that is when you are teenage years and that is when you are an adult. Gotcha. So I, I I think it's different. Mm -hmm. I, I would say I do agree with the both, but I definitely think it's harder when you become an adult because by the time you have become an adult, most have already went in the direction of the expectation and so it's hard to break that, you know, like unlearn. You said. <laughs> yes, yeah. there you go. Reprogram ain't no joke. Yeah. And and the thing is, in terms, in order for you to unlearn those expectations, you have to now begin to examine what you want. Mm-hmm. So I think for all three of us, we can speak on the expectation of a woman to be married by the age of what, 25, 30 years old or whatnot, Mm -hmm. 25, 25 have a 2.5 children. There you go. (laughs) And a dog. And there you go. And, and, and so when they get to 30 and that none of those, those things have happened. Oh, you don't want no geriatric pregnancy. (laughs) No, no comment. And if you recognize my voice, (laughs) no, but you get what I'm saying. It's the geriatric part. That's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, they, they come into our offices and they are depressed. Mm-hmm. They have anxiety because none of those things have happened for them. And we all have had to ask them the question, well, who told you that? Girl, oh, yeah. I'm going to put that, that on a lanyard <laughs> and sell it here in the office. Who told you that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I know I say that at least once or twice a month mm-hmm. minimum. Yes. Yeah. Who I, told you that you have to, that's the life that you have to live. Mm-hmm. And do you believe it? And and mm. so you have to then examine <laughs> that. Like you said, that belief, do you even want to be married? Cause you may be a woman that don't even want to be married 
or have children. Don't even yeah. like people like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but people believe because, you know, and we're talking about parental expectations, but then you have to think about, okay, so my my parents' expectations came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So what were the expectations placed on them that they're in turn placing on me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, just so, you know, going back and back and back and back. Societal norms is Mm -hmm. really what it is. Societal norms, bragging rights. Oh, my baby. Mm -mm. Don't say nothing. Don't. I tell tell my mom all the time, don't tell nobody I'm a doctor. Don't tell nobody I do psychology because they think they get something for free. No, (laughs) I'm going to go lay down and chill. Can I get the family discount? No, No. because I can't counsel I like having a job. Right. I like my license. Yes. Do you know how hard it was to get here? Yes. And I wouldn't do my girls like that. No. Because you're special. You need to go see somebody else. Yeah. Outside of the office. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think it's just people and people who are parents take this with a grain of salt. I think people who are trying to force things on their kids end up becoming little gods Mm. yeah and they're like it's my way or no way or i won't do this if you don't do this and that's manipulation exactly and if your Mm -hmm. love is conditional i don't want it Mm -hmm. that point right there conditional in that kind of way Mm -hmm. absolutely you know because i think there are some ways to be have conditional types of love but when it's twisted like that you know it definitely is not it's not going to get either of you anywhere, but a bunch of resentment and eventual hatred and mm-hmm. distrust. You're going to ask that too. have your child to leave you and never talk to you again. Mm-hmm. Or they talk to you every day, but they really don't like you at all. Or they have to live a secret life. That. Mm-hmm. That one is, that's what we see right there. That's, that's knocking on the door asking us, to, can we schedule? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're right there oh yeah I have plenty of clients that live secret lives it's mm-hmm. like wait you hold on mm-hmm. like oh yeah my parents are super conservative and you know I live a very alternative lifestyle and they would not be okay with that and a lot of times it don't even really be alternative it just be so normal mm-hmm. but their parents are so rigid in what their beliefs and expectations are for their child that they can't be who they want to be or who they need to be. Cause at yeah. that point it's not a want, it's a need. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think Dr. Wall and Dr. Strickland both said that, you know, a lot of times parents really do want the best for their children. Mm-hmm. But if you want the best for your children, you have to allow them to evolve the in, in their own way. You guide them but they have to be able to evolve into whatever it is that they're going to become. And mm-hmm. if that is a mail carrier, that's a mail carrier. If they're going to be they a make good money. Yes. Okay. People be sleeping on um, the garbage, the waste management. They people. make oh, they, more they, money they, than most people. They make they like do. what? Like six, no, $60,000. You yeah. like, hold on. I know for somebody on the that, back of the truck. I know somebody <laughs> that makes like 85,000. I know, right? I well, said, oh, what you say? 85? Uh-huh. I said, <laughs> in the wrong profession. I know. Sometimes these don't sleep. Hey, don't <laughs> sleep on the trades. Exactly. We do need, not sleep we on need trades. People that are in trades, because mm-hmm. they out here not going to college, giving a and making themselves sick to death, mm-hmm. and out here just living their best life. It ain't got nobody student loan to None. pay. Now, if you're gonna be sorry at it, don't do it. 
Okay. Because right. <laughs> I didn't have some bad garbage men going to just leave a trash can laying over there like that. That's just true. Disrespectful. <laughs> but man, you can still, you can live a very productive life, you know, Without. with the trade. Mm-hmm. But again, this goes back to expectations because our society has told people that in order to be successful, there is yes. like three careers you can have. Because they have to be prestigious. You can be mm-hmm. a doctor. You can be a lawyer and you can be an athlete. I was going to say like an engineer, like oh, it needs yeah. to be an architect or an engineer, even yeah. though those are necessarily probably more sp- prestigious in title versus actual mm-hmm. like the yeah. mechanics of the job. But like there's only a handful and I would I would add athlete in there, but there's only a handful of careers that American society says are acceptable mm-hmm. you know so then that gets into people's heads so then parents say well I, you know I, you you, need, you should be a doctor or you should be a lawyer or well i thought you were going to go to school to be a um a nurse or or they'll say something like well why are you going to nursing school you you could go to med school right or why you want to be an artist they don't make no money starving mm-hmm. artists is real Really, but they got they make beauty too, and we need that. We need all so of much it. so because this world is ugly. So mm-hmm. we need everything. We need mm-hmm. everybody to do what they doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. And mm-hmm. I would say for parents, you know, I'm not a parent, so again, this is something you can take with a grain of salt as well. But check your reasons for having children. Mm-hmm. That. You know, if you are having a child because you want to live out your dream because you, you know, didn't get to become prom queen and you think you're going to have a child that's going to be this beautiful and put sign them up for toddlers and tiaras and, you know, you're going to parade them around like a little Barbie doll, you know, like check your reasons for having children. You know, is it about you want to be pregnant, not necessarily be a mother? Is it, you know, that you want uh, an NFL player? Like, what is your reason for having a child? Was this person brought into this world to enrich your life? Was it brought in to trap somebody else? That. Oh, God, that is that. that. How many of us on this planet exist because trap? they thought it was going to keep somebody? Mm-hmm. Can't nobody be kept that don't want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Girl. Yeah. If I could. The minute or because you were lonely. Too, yeah that is true i want somebody to love me mm-hmm. you are the person that yeah. is supposed to love you mm-hmm. not your child yeah. they don't, like we said in a session of a few sessions back like it take a while before your kid is on equal ground with you mm-hmm. yeah so they need to be able to offer something and you need to be able to offer something yeah. when they kids whether that's an adult or not when they kids you still offering to them and they don't got nothing to give to you. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Because, and the thing is because when they're children, they're selfish because they don't, everything is mine. Everything is about me. And and they don't know no better. And they growing. Right. They are developing. They are figuring it out. You are their ultimate teacher, their ultimate guide. And let's just be honest. There are a lot of sucky guides out there Mm -hmm. because if you're in, if your motives were wrong, wrong in having the baby, you're you're not going to make 
sense as a parent mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm trying to filter those words <laughs> well that goes you know that kind of goes back to that and i'm sure we've all heard this at some point where people say well, you should have to have a license to have kids you know yeah. i know we've all heard people say that mm-hmm. you at least need a class you need a class you need a manual mm-hmm. you need your license you need to- a therapist <laughs> need a family therapist okay all of that like that's where that prepare. it takes a village idea mm-hmm you know, and I think, you know, we've kind of, as let me speak specifically on American society, we've kind of gotten away from that whole village mentality. Yeah. And I think part of getting away from that also hones in some of those parental expectations. Because if I have, if it's the three of us and we're, you know, helping to raise my one child, then I have people on my level that can check me. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know and what that, I'm saying? that's one of the reasons, like, um, I've been trying to get my parents to move here because when I do mm-hmm. have my child, I want my parents to be involved yep. with teaching me how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, mama, you hear that? Mama, you hear that? Cause I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, now granted my significant other does cause he is a parent, but mm-hmm. still he, because of his career, he may not be there all the time. Yeah. yeah. And you need your tribe. Right. And I need, including him. I mean, and even his parents, like we all have to be a part of this child's life because we're not going to make the best decisions all the time. And Mm -hmm. even with the best intentions that we have, I need y'all because uh, uh, I need you to go for your honey house because you, 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 come on, baby. That's going to be her. That her right there. My baby. (laughs) You making her mad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be that auntie. Tell me <laughs> what your mama did. Mm-hmm. That see, that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be Dr. Wall. Tell me what she did so I can get her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, why you say that to that child? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, just watch your expectations in turns <laughs> yeah. and examine them. Whatever it is mm-hmm. that you are doing. Cause like you, you have to go through a series of questions when mm-hmm. you're doing things, it, the career that you're in, are you, are you in it because someone expected you to be in it? Are mm-hmm. you in it because you want to be in it? Are you in it now because you were expected to be in it and now you're stuck mm, and you really not. If you, you if, think you are, you think you are. And if you don't know that, go check the last session. <laughs> <laughs> I like that plug. Yeah. Uh-huh. I definitely think it's important to, you know, realize what you want. And I know we've talked about that in past um, sessions before, but it's an important thing. Like, if you don't really know what you want, you don't know that these other expectations don't fit you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will constantly live in someone else's shadow, whether it's your parents' expectation, a, a older sibling, it could be a younger sibling, a cousin, whoever. And you got to live in your truth and yes. stand on your own two feet. Now, that don't mean isolate yourself and <laughs> do it by yourself. I'm not saying that, but you need to figure some things out. A lot of my, I will say my late 20s, early 30 clients that I get, um, especially the women, they have a really big problem with, being okay with who they are mm-hmm. oh yeah they I have this tendency to like okay well what well what should i do um well this is what i was thinking or they they bypass that this is what i was thinking and go straight to well let me go ask my mama or let me go ask my friend 
but what do you want? Mm-hmm. You need to figure out what you want and then you get advice from those people mm-hmm. if if they give good advice, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. you go to your therapist. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, because, you know, uh, it's interesting you saying that because uh, I think it was a couple of months ago I was telling Dr. Strickland, you know, when I gained weight, I stopped being able to obviously wear the clothes that was in my closet. Mm-hmm. And so I had stopped shopping. So here recently I've been losing weight and I'm like, okay, now I need to figure out what my new style is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had to examine that for myself. Like, do I still have the same style that I had back in the day? Probably not. So, (laughs) (laughs) but like, so what is my style now? And I mean, I know that's something very simple, but it's those things that make us, yeah, it's, it's a part of our identity. We have to create ourselves based on the, on the way we think on the way we how we like to show up Mm -hmm. one thing that i like for people to do just using your example Mm -hmm. is you know go get something look at it in the mirror Mm -hmm. try it on do it feel good like what feeling Mm -hmm. do you get from it Mm -hmm. like how do you emote or as um, the little Asian lady that organizes, I can't think of name, right? Marie Condon condo, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Does it spark joy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. She's so cute. She's so cute. Watch on. She on uh, Netflix. Y'all. Mm-hmm. Good plug. Good uh-huh. plug. But you know, you really have to ask yourself that like the thing that I'm doing, the thing that I'm wearing, the thing that I'm eating, the whatever, does it spark joy? Mm-hmm. Like, do I get something from it or am I just on autopilot? Yeah. And I would believe that most people are living on autopilot. Yeah. You know, they have a set set of rules mm-hmm. that they're living by. And sometimes those are rules we created. Sometimes those are rules other people created. And sometimes those are rules from society at large. And we're just going through the motions. Don't even like the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't stop to examine it. Mm-hmm. Nope. Just miserable for no, no reason. reason. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a, this will be a short one today, guys. I did have a question for y'all though. Oh, sure. Well, never mind. Scratch what I just <laughs> said. <laughs> what, at what point or what thing made y'all realize I got to unlearn some things or reprogram myself? Oh, why you got that deep she, old I question? was like, she coming with the deep, deep today. <laughs> Existential. The deep dive. <laughs> Uh, you know what I would have to say mine started off spiritually um I had gotten to the point where I felt like I was connecting to God through other people Mm. instead of directly yeah and once it was like I had a an epiphany. And once I realized that I knew that I had to remove some people from that place Mm -hmm. so that I can connect to God on my own, on my own. And once I did that, it was like everything else started clicking. Yeah. But that's because I believe I'm a a highly spiritual person. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's where it needed to start. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, I would say when I got married. 
<laughs> that'll do <Okay>. it. <laughs> um, so while my husband and I have a lot of fun with one another, um, we have two very strong personalities and he was still even to this day has pointed out things in my personality that I was not necessarily aware of Mm -hmm. that I have gotten much more attuned to now than I was when I met him. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think with it kind of opened my eyes to kind of how I was moving based off the, what I believed other people wanted of me. Mm. Um, versus what I truly wanted for myself. Gotcha. Um, which was a very hard journey. I was, you know, for the first um, part of our marriage, just kind of hearing that, because it's not something you want to hear that you, you're kind of living your life for other people. Yeah. You're not necessarily mm-hmm. living your life for yourself or you're doing the things that you think look good mm-hmm. um, and will look good to other people. Um, so I will say that, you know, he has kind of been a, a mirror for me in doing that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I would say for me, mine would have probably <laughs> have been really in high school. Um, I always struggled with m- making good friends. Like I can make friends and it'd be like the surface level things and, all of that, but I never really fit in with the black people. I never really fit in with the white people or the, the Mexican people, you know, cause where I live, that's, that's the main mm-hmm. groups. And we got a little Cambodian population. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in high school, I really started to see a difference in how I was treated at my home congregation. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a church um, where my grandfather was the deacon. We did a lot of, you know, faith projects. We was working, you know, ministry is not for punks. Mm -hmm. So we're doing a lot biblical knowledge on point. Um, I wasn't seen as a disgrace just because my mom technically had me at a wedlock. Mm -hmm. But when I went to the new congregation, um, which I went there around 12, 11 years old, you know, I'm still me. I'm still like jovial me. I love everybody. I, I haven't had acknowledged hurts, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they really get you in mm-hmm. your gut. Mm-hmm. But I realized at that congregation that I was perceived as less than. Mm. Mm because of many things Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of assumptive thinking of who I was because I was a dancer which I don't know what that means but you know people come up with stuff in their heads Mm -hmm. and I was treated differently than other people in my age bracket Mm -hmm. Um, left out of stuff not invited to things and I had never experienced that level of not belonging it's almost like shunning it it really was yeah Mm -hmm. and i you know i'm already dealing with something like that because you know Mm -hmm. daddy issues Mm -hmm. yeah then you know a major death in my family Mm -hmm. my grandmother now this Mm -hmm. 
And so it's like one abandonment issue after the other to where there were many times when my mom just like held me in her arms and her lap and be like, baby, these people don't matter. But of course at that age, you, everybody matters. Everybody yeah. matter. And mm-hmm. you just, your feelings are hurt. Your friends and people matter <laughs> more than what your family thinks. Exactly. Sometimes. Especially when you are a sensitive kid and yeah. you're just mm-hmm. like, I just want to love people. Mm-hmm. So I think at that point is where my journey started. Now my, of course my journey is not over, but at that point it's kind of like, okay, I had to learn that I needed to embrace who I was as a sensitive person, as somebody who, um, everybody didn't have to like, even though I didn't do anything to anybody. Mm. Um, and I used, to, <laughs> I'm not going to say who used to say this, but it used to really piss me off. It's like, well, people are jealous of you because you're so pretty and talented. Mm. That's not, that's not really helping me right now. Mm-hmm. I don't care the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need you to help me pick myself up and be able to process this properly. What yeah. they doing is what they doing. And if they want to be evil and mean and vindictive mm-hmm. and they can do that. So I had a lot that I had to like endure mm-hmm. because I, as a kid, you can't tell your parent, we going to a different church. Mm-hmm. Right. Your parent tell you where you right. going. Okay. Exactly. At least in, in the black family. Right. Um, <laughs> but I would say that's where mine kind of started. And it did lead to a very, I think at that point I went, went even more into myself, Mm -hmm. which is not always a good thing for somebody that's incredibly sensitive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or introverted. Mm -hmm. And y'all know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's a good question. I would, yeah, what really was, um, I would even have to add to mine when you said, so for me, I, like I said, my mine started with spiritual, but for a long time, I identified as as a student because I was mm. a student mm-hmm. all my life. So gotcha. I identified as being a, so it took me a while to get out of the mind frame of transitioning mm-hmm. into adult because here. yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was I mean, you know, when you're a student, it's like I'm still a kid, mm-hmm. you know, because kids go to school. Mm-hmm. so I had to so that was my first transition mm-hmm. but then my second one yeah. you know like you know uh, Dr. Strickland was saying before you know having those different transitions in your mm-hmm. life to grow and everything like that oh yeah I can think of several different parts of my life where that question would be relevant you mm-hmm. know my teenage years you know there's a few defining moments that I'm not gonna get into on <laughs> the podcast um, then my twenties, you know, um, I've made slight mention that I was in a domestically violent relationship in mm-hmm. my, um, early twenties. So that was a defining moment, you know, getting married was a defining moment and graduating and being in grad school mm-hmm. was a defining, you know, there's so many, mm-hmm. like each of these phases, I think, you know, that yeah. kind of get multiple. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it triggered each one of those moments triggered something in me about kind of what I believed about me, what I was told about me, yep. yeah. you know, um, and how those two things come together Yeah, mm-hmm. and how those situations affect my actions mm-hmm. yeah so you know i could answer that in multiple ways but if i had yeah. to just kind of boil it down to a recent yeah you know, um my part spiritual, of my life yeah, yeah my yeah. spiritual one was my yeah. recent one 
I would probably say my most recent, of course, is the breast cancer mm. diagnosis yeah. and um, dealing with worth and like, okay, I ain't got no boobs no more, or I, or as I like to call them, my foobs, my fake <laughs> boobs, um, you know, and like, who's gonna want you? And are, do I look at myself as damaged goods? And mm. you know, you have even though it was a brief uh, thought process because I was like, we. We, it's go time we got stuff to do mm-hmm. it's still something that i had to process and i and i think y'all can attest to this i'm i am a different person i think i'm more more me mm-hmm. more into like the person that i truly am and i'm not ashamed to be her yeah mm. yeah I would agree I, with I that. <laughs> you took the words i couldn't say it fast enough that's all right friend i got you <laughs> thank you appreciate it yeah okay but i can agree with that Okay. Dang, well, that was deep. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to have like a deep dive. Maybe when <laughs> we do the next disc broad, like we can just ask like these really like deep, you know, like thought provoking questions. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We might have to do the segments like we did last time because y'all already know we going to have to talk about this election. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm. And this, this going on now, I'm not going to use my words don't even, we that's Word not that right we're use. not recording that right okay. now don't the don't tom, <laughs> we just gonna say the tomfoolery of 2020 yeah yes amen well, hallelujah yeah. <laughs> but yeah i love doing the deep dives mm-hmm. i love doing they those. make the best conversations they do they do they do okay well we hope y'all enjoy them yes that's number one <laughs> don't forget to like share and comment all yes write us a good old review on that itunes if you listen on itunes mm-hmm. you know comment on the facebook and instagram posts you know so that we know y'all are there yeah yeah and look look at it uh listen to us on uh youtube that, that too. one too you can comment there too as well and trust we hear y'all so it's coming eventually now we're not gonna put a date on there so we don't pigeonhole uh, ourselves but we will definitely be getting the video started because we want y'all to see the shenanigans that, <laughs> yes. that come along with our voices because it's nothing worse than like you hearing somebody on the radio and it's like what in the world do them people look like and then when you go finally see them you be like that is not what i thought what i thought <laughs> so y'all don't have to do that we're gonna take care of y'all eventually we're gonna get it together y'all Well, our quote for this session is, I have no responsibility to live up to what others expect of me. That's their mistake, not my failing. And that is by Richard Feynman. Must be his volume control. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.